Yo, what's going on, good people, man? So, you know, we got TR here. This is another episode of Monday Night Take. We got my good friend, my brother, Jamil, in the house from Asymmetry Trading. Um, you know, someone I, I met about three years ago now. Super excited for this episode. Um, got to give a special shout out to my wife. Today is her birthday. Um, so birthday super, super happy, excited. Um, and a lot of you guys know over the past month, you know, I recently became married. So joined the Married Men's Club. Super, super duper excited. Um, you know, shout out to all of you guys who have tapped in pretty much here with us consistently on a consistent basis. Um, and yo, this episode really tonight um, is really going to be the first of, uh, of a lot of string of episodes that you'll probably see Jamel come on um, and some other individuals. But, you know, as we talk about, you know, just not just the futures market tonight, but just, you know, all across the board, I think there'll be a lot of things that you can pull and learn from Jamel. You know, I remember when I first met Jamel, uh, it was actually on Clubhouse and just kind of you know, hearing him speak, hearing his language, hearing the things that he talked about when it came to, you know, not just the futures market, but I think just also um, from an analytical perspective is very similar to, you know, how I kind of grew up and the things that I kind of studied, like analytics, taking a look at the data, the numbers, um, and asymmetry. We're going to talk about that, you know, why, uh, you know, three to run. You're going to hear a lot of just a <laughs> lot of stuff from Jamil. Me and TR, we got a lot of questions for you, bro. So we want to say we appreciate you coming up on. Um, and yo, man, this is, you know, we're back on it every single Monday from here on out. Yo, you can count on us to be here. And um, yo, it was good, you know, refreshing to take the break and, you know, all this stuff. So, yo, it's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be sharing over the next few weeks, keeping you guys posted. So, you know, I just appreciate y'all 100%. So, you know, TR, I'm going to pass the mic to you. And then with Jamil, we'll let you do an intro and we'll get right into it. So, all right. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, Lawrence. And happy birthday, Queen. We love you. So, hey, hey, this is TR. Owner of Swain Solutions mm -hmm. Services. You can um, follow me on Instagram at underscore Swain Solutions. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Tiara Swain MBA. And I'm so excited. So whenever Jamil speaks, I get excited because he has a breadth of knowledge. He's going to give it to you straight. Okay. And Lawrence is right. We have a ton of questions to ask you. So I'm really just excited that you're going to make a big impact to this audience. So thank you so much, Jamil. Passing it over to you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Jamil, Coach Jamil. You can follow me at Coach on IG at Coach Jamil. Um, my full government, Jamil Abdurrahim. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, born and raised in New York. Uh, went to Elon University, studied finance at Elon University. Got my master's in uh, economics at UConn University. Then worked for JP Morgan in the fixed income department. Um, uh, in market middle office. And I did that for about six years, then transitioning to the credit default swaps desk. Overall, worked for JP for nine years, nine and a half years, and then just wanted to transition and just um, do it for myself and, um, you know, trade my own private assets and trade for uh, companies because uh, initially I wanted, to, I did want to trade for uh, a hedge fund, but um, I didn't have that MIT you know, background. I just wanted to work for a smaller shop. You know, JP Morgan was a huge, huge shop. I wanted to be able to touch multiple products. And, um, you know, I wanted to be, you know, touch uh, credit default swaps, work in the credit desk. I wanted to work in fixed income. I wanted to work in private asset, private asset wealth management. And it was just tough to navigate um, all of that at JP. Then, you know, like I said, I wanted to work for a hedge fund, but, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't an MIT grad. And at that time I wasn't into software like I am now. So I just was like, took a leap of faith and was like, you know, let me go get this, 
uh, mentorship and, you know, go off and do it on my own. And I've been doing it, you know, for the past 10 years on my own, just trading my own private assets and trading for uh, for funds, for pri proprietary trading firms and for funds. So um, super excited to, um, you know, just share any information that I have for any young aspiring traders, investors uh, about the about the markets, about the global markets. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, the futures market, which I primarily I primarily trade. I primarily day trade the futures market um, and I, you know, swing trade the equities market. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So. We're going to get right into it, man. Appreciate the intro. Um, I know I was speaking a little bit earlier just about when, I, you know, me and you first met. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was actually in a clubhouse room and just having conversations and then just started back channeling. And then it was just crazy from there, you know, picking up the phone, phone calls. Um, I think me, you and Santino, we even had a couple of times where we kind of was just like kind of having our own like little private trading room a couple of times where we kind of just called, you know, just looking at just different levels, whatever it might have been at the time, mm -hmm. you know, me just those different things. And yeah. definitely. Yeah. And uh, and Issa, too, man. Shout out to Issa. And we trade, man. You know, you yeah. you, you, you guys really befriended, you guys really befriended each other. And I was really I was really I'm really tight with Issa as well, known him for, you know, 10 plus years now. So, you know, yeah. with that connection and then you guys going down um with you and i have been going down to dc and uh you know me being up in new york i was super excited about seeing y'all linking up together man i was like yeah this could be something special man yeah definitely yeah but it was one of those relationships that really was just fostered from from clubhouse you know just another one of those relationships that you know really turned out now just being friends in real life you know so it's just you know just kind of suit just crazy so yeah definitely absolutely so, that was that used to be a thing man you know um virtual virtual becomes reality when clubhouse becomes reality man yeah <laughs> that's what you used to put on your uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it just came reality man so real life so you know it's just crazy you know what mm -hmm. a great a great app so nah man so you know just wanted to get into um you know get into it get into it and uh you know really just ask you so you know, you, you talked a little bit before, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, here in America, for the most part, um, you know, people, you know, have went to school, you know, gotten degrees um, and then kind of, you know, had like a pivot point. Right. Where, you know, they might have realized, hey, you know, I went to school, I got a degree, but kind of want more. You know, I guess I would say the first question that I would ask you, you know, before you even get into the futures market, what was a. Uh, what was like, I, 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 you know, and I'm just asking, like, was there something that you experienced at JP, right, that made you kind of like want more? Like, and it doesn't necessarily, not necessarily like a bad thing, but it was something, obviously, you know, you working at JP Morgan, going from Elon University, you know, you've told me stories um, that you had going to school there, playing football. I mean, then to go into, you know, UConn, we know UConn. Um, UConn. You know, you yeah, know, you know, just won the national championship for the men's squad. Uh, so that was a beautiful sight to see, yeah. um, you know, you getting the education there and then, you know, going and, you know, working in the various departments that you worked in JP Morgan. Was there something that maybe you experienced along the way that kind of drove you to the futures market? And then how did you go about, you know, making that transition? So, yes, definitely. So I was like I started like like I would say 90% of uh, most people that get into trading and investing, I started in equities. So I took part in, in fundamentals too. Like, so, you know, started with Merck, you know, blue chips, Merck, um, uh, Intel, 
And I started, you know, when, you know, there was, you know, stuff that was going on in the news and the, the, the stock would get beaten down. I remember like BP, like back in like 2009, when they had the oil rig um, explosion in the middle yeah. of the Gulf, you know, yeah. buying it at a low, like, you know, just, you know, fundamental stuff when, you know, stuff would happen to a company and it would get beat down with with Merck. It was the Vioxx thing where the, the, the Vioxx that they was releasing was causing people strokes. So I was basically trading and investing off of, um, you know, fundamentals. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the light bulb moment to me is when, you know, I just realized that one, I didn't want to be in cubicle hell anymore. You know, I was coming in, you know, commuting, commuting, <laughs> commuting from, and I didn't have a bad commute, man. I'm in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I'm commuting and taking the M train to downtown Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a bad commute, like a 15 minute train ride, one train. But it was just cubicle hell, man. And it was just like, um, I don't see, I, I sort of, they were putting a ceiling, you know, on me. Like I, I couldn't get any higher. And then I left, it, I, I left Brooklyn. So I started at Brooklyn Metro Tech. And then I went to corporate headquarters, 270 uh, Park. That's when I went and started working at Credit. Park Ave. Yeah, correct. Correct. And um, I just saw the ceiling. They wasn't going to let me get any any higher. I was just bumping my head, bumping my head, learning different products and ready to ready to move on. You know, moving to collateral, understanding all the different all the different products within fixed income. And um, I wasn't going to be able to to move to elevate to move up. And uh, I, those people that came in with me because they bring they bring um, you know like junior analysts and in, in droves. Like you know, yeah. especially like uh, I, I came in with a, like like about five. Um, you know, Asian guys that graduated from NYU and, you know, we all went our different routes and, you know, I'm seeing that, you know, at the time I didn't take up golf. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't um, hitting up, you know, weekends usually started on Thursday, still hitting happy hours. I wasn't doing that. I was really like still trying to hone my craft on, you know, learning different products and trading and trading, like trading the financial markets. And um, I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to get any further. So now I was like, you know, I'm going to have to make a, I'm going to have to make a pivot because, you know, I just saw they were just, they were just slow playing me. And I just saw my, you know, saw myself not getting any further. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm just going to have to, you know, get out. Oh, I put my um, apps out to um, different um, company, MBIA, um, Deerfield. So different hedge funds. And um, I just wasn't getting no traction. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to have to go. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. So as you were making you know, that transition, um, what what ways did you kind of actually get into the futures market? Like, well, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so all right. you talk so, about learning different product. Mm -hmm. What what kind of drove you to the futures market? Which, um, yeah. OK, right. dope. So so um, I was looking. So I was at my I was I remember this, man. I was at my Bloomberg. I was at JP and um, I was, you know, just analyzing, just analyzing the markets. And uh, there was a. Uh, uh, he was he was he was in a market middle office. He was in a market middle office. He supported he supported a marketer. So his name was Robert Cook, and he was like he saw me. He was just watching me, and he was like saw what I was doing, and he was like um, you just you just trade stocks, and we just was having a conversation. And I was like yeah, I trade stocks, and um, this is all. He was like this is all you do, and and this time I wasn't even trading options. I wasn't even into options or anything. I didn't know nothing about the Greeks really, anything like that. And mm -hmm. um, he was like. 
you know, you you basically you're hustling backwards. He was like, if you're if you're if you're day trading, you should be really, you know, using less money to control mon more money, and you should be using a leverage a leverage asset like uh, futures. Mm -hmm. And I was like futures, and then we it, it just my my the wheels started spinning from there, man. You know, once he told me about futures, we had a conversation about it, and he told me about how di diverse the market was, and um, I just went in all 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 from there. Like in terms mm -hmm. of like. You know, understanding the futures market, yeah. reaching out, reaching, reaching out to people that were experts in the subject matter. Um, I, you know, I started working with. Uh, well, I reached out to um, one of my mentors, Steve Kalajian, who's in Danbury, Connecticut. Had a has a fund in Danbury, Connecticut. Um, the one of my first mentors, and I, I just went, I just went in. You know, um, okay. and he got me, he got me to a certain point, and then uh, you know, still, still tight and cool with him, respecting, you know, appreciate. The, you know, the opportunity that Steve Collision gave me and then just, you know, kept on seeking, kept on seeking more and more mentorship for different aspects of my trading within futures and uh, and continuing to trade equities. But just developing my my craft and my skill set in trading, um, intraday trading and swing trading and just kept on you know seeking mentorship. Yeah. So throughout throughout as you were seeking that mentorship. Um, I guess I would say one question that I would have is um, what, how many different places did you go to? Cause I know we had that conversation before. Um, how many different places did you go to? And also what was the cost that came with that as well too? Talked about so that. we'll talk. So we talk about the cost of like blowing up accounts and the cost of like travel and mentorship, everything, everything. everything. All right. So the cost, man, oh, hundreds of thousands. Like I would say, probably like off the top, of my for real, for real, probably like anywhere between one hundred and fifty and one seventy five. You know, to be honest with you, yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of travel and mentorship, so mm -hmm. um, I've had individual mentors that, like you know, Sean Kim, marketing mar uh, marketer, uh, market maker for Scott Trade way back when Scott yes. Trade was. Yeah, I, yeah. I know what yeah. you're talking about. Scott yeah, Trey, yeah. yeah, Sean Kim, like he's in Jakarta right now. Um, still, still tight with him. So he's a guy that, um, you know, time and sales, he, level two data. So you know, my price action stuff, being able to buy and sell off a of level two data, time and sales. Mm -hmm. um, Todd Davis, um, you know, you see me do Fibonacci's um, mm -hmm. level of expectancy. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on, man. Um, Jeff Manson. Um, I so basically, I've had like. You've had a lot. And, yeah, a lot. So and and also, too, you know, obviously I went to the school. I went to the school of on, online trading academy and that got me mm -hmm. online, online trading academy, which is a, a international um, institute institu uh, academy, if you will. You know, they have, um, you know, locations in the Middle East. They have locations in Canada um, and in the UK and they have like 30 lo locations all throughout the country. So from from a standpoint of OTA, because they have like a a 60 instructor network, right? Um, I f initially got set up with um, OTA in Baltimore, which nice. I'm at, yeah. I'm at ESA. Yeah. And the owner of that center also owned um, uh, the one down in Tyson's Corner in Virginia, Northern Virginia. So, you know, through that, it was a, it was a great opportunity, but I, init I initially saw them, I initially saw them in Cornelius, North Carolina, about an hour and a half away from Elon. That's when I first saw them. Cause I was looking at a commercial property in Cornelius, North Carolina, because that area was supposed to be growing. It's right outside the Lake Norman area. Mm -hmm. So I got hooked up. Just that education alone was 45,000. Mm -hmm. just, just, just OTA, just 
45,000. I got the, I, I wanted to go in um, because they, they covered everything, you know, proactive investing, futures, Forex, mm-hmm. options, um, stock market. So they, it they covered everything in OTA. So I was just like, let me, you know, I have it. Let me go ahead and just go ahead and get that. So when I, I did that, you know, I've, I traveled to uh, me being from the Northeast, born and raised in New York. It was no problem. They had one center on Broadway, um, mm-hmm. you know, right. To, not too far from Wall Street. They had mm-hmm. one in Long Island. They had, you know, Connecticut and, yeah. um, you know, Philadelphia, Phil- and Philadelphia. But I got hooked up. But I, yeah, in Philly and of city of brotherly love. But I got hooked up in Baltimore. So in my area, there was about you know five six locations, you know OTA locations that I would have access to. That I would have you know different instructors coming in that I would be able to you know see you know get the information that I that I was needing that I was wanting. And um, you know th- again that that only that only got me so far. You know that was and it wasn't even giving all of it. And that was, and that was okay. And, you know, that was okay. I, I, I got, I, I took from it what I could, um, you know, not to, not to bad mouth from anything. At the end of the day, they are not in um, the business. They're not in the business of their students being successful. They're, they're in the business of education. So, you know, it's a, it's a situation of upselling and, you know, and, 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 buy, and buying more. But me, I, I want to do this for myself and buy myself. I, I want to do this. So I'm, I'm paying the premium up front and let's, let's go. But, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight being 2020 and finding out more and more as I traveled, you know, I went to Wisconsin. I went to Arizona. Uh, I went to the center out in Irvine, California. Uh, Tampa, you know, you know, I lived in uh, Florida, so I went to Fort Lauderdale, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just, you know, seeing different instructors, but, you know, it's, it was only going to, it was only getting me so far and they have live trading and everything, but it, it was so crazy to me. And it didn't dawn on me early in my trading. Like I'm watching them trade live futures in front of thousands of people, like in their live trading rooms. And they're only trading one contract. They're only trading one contract. When we're talking about professional traders, instructors, and yeah. it's like, how are you, how are you going to scale or show people how to scale their business or scale their trading if you're only trading one contract, you yeah. know. And yeah. you know their their um you know their uh their, their hook was you know when you when you first get in what they was advertising that you could trade our money you know in their class when you do their mm-hmm. like six day class that you could trade our money, but mm-hmm. you know that is there's a short leash on that and that's only that's only within trading equities in the stock market so mm-hmm. you know it only got you so far and they're only giving you a, a a piece a piece of the information a piece so there's so there's a there's more there's more to trading than as we know than just you know entries entries and exits you know what i mean gotcha for sure yeah well jamil you have a really dope story okay and i hope everyone is really enjoying what they're learning right now because this is awesome but i do have a quick question for you so can you provide a quick overview of the future stock market and how does this differ from the traditional stock market so the future market is like um it's it's a 24-hour market so it's uh it differs that that's the that's one of the main differences right there it's a 24-hour market it's a global market it opens as on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It okay. closes. It closes at five o'clock Eastern Standard Eastern Standard Time the following day. It, it closes just for an hour for mark to market. You know, basically just so the the registers can balance because that's one of the beauties of trading the futures market is that you know when you enter a position and close a position, whether it's you know positive PNL or negative PNL, that 
that money is available to you. Well, mainly, obviously, if it's positive, if you if you're up, that money is available to you that day. So you don't have to worry about a cash settlement. You can, um, you know, mm-hmm. wire or ACH transfer that money um, to your account. So it's a, it's a 24 hour market. It's a highly leveraged market. Um, and there's, a, you know, extreme tax benefits with uh, trading that market. So those are the those are the main, um, you know, differences between the uh, the futures market and the, um, the stock market, the stock market being a six and a half hour market. Gotcha. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, then, so actually, so then quickly, Lawrence, I got a question for you. So do you prefer to actually like use futures or like what is your preferred method in terms of trading? Yeah. So great. Um, great question. So for me, um, you know, I'm primarily on primarily first and foremost, a long term investor. That's that's where I started. Secondary or secondary or trader. Right. Um, And I primarily do trade options, but I use the future. The futures market, to be honest with you, is like when people ask what my indicators are. Right. What things that I use, the futures market is I probably say top two. Right. Um, Indicators that I'm using. And, And the reason why the reason why is because. The futures market is what Jamil, Jamil would even say. It is a leading indicator, right, of what's to come, right, what's to happen. Mm-hmm. So, for example, right now it's, um, you know, it's 823, right? You know, Jamil mentioned that the futures market, you know, is open. Up, and I see some people in the comments as well talking about, you know, it closes for one hour, right? It's open for 23 hours a day, but basically 24-7, right? Um, and, you know, when you take a look at the futures market, right, right now here at 8 p.m., Right. Our market is closed. It closed at 4 p.m. EST. Right. The regular, like he says, six and a half hour market closed, you know, pretty much at 4 p.m. EST with the market that is actually open right now is the Australian market. Right. The market that is open right now is the Australian market it is now and, open up in Asia and Asia and the rest of the rest of the Asian markets will be opening up within the next 30 minutes. Um, and and if, if some have already opened up. So you'll see that pretty much happening. So money's still moving and money's still flowing. So the reason why I like to pay attention to the futures market is because there may be something that could potentially happen overnight at times. Right. Maybe there's an economic report that's happening in Australia or happening in Asia that people might be paying attention to. And traders may be making decisions and trades based upon that. That could be one thing. Right. Or you never know. Right. You know, sometimes there's things that's happening and could be announced at eight, nine, sometimes 10 p.m. Right. For a company that's actually on the stock market, like maybe Apple, like there's sometimes news can come out about Apple, you know, right here at 830 at night or about Tesla here at 9 p.m. at night. Right. Or Boeing. Right. There's been plenty of times where Boeing has announced certain news at 10 p.m. at night. Right. And when we're talking about solid companies, right, that are actually top in the stock market, when we're thinking about an asset allocation, you know, you think about the top names that are in the Dow. You know, you look another than United Health and Goldman Sachs as being some of those two top names. You look at, you know, Apple or Microsoft, you know, Google, you're taking a look at Tesla as being top names, you know, in the NASDAQ and Amazon. Right. Um, and then you go and take a look at S&P 500, Apple, Microsoft. Right. You're taking a look at these names. So when there's news that's dropped about these names in the futures market, you're going to see what they call an implied move. So, yes. and so and so that implied move is what the implied open is going to be when the market opens up. This is how much is of an estimate that, hey, the Dow futures is going to be up or down. Right. It's giving you an implied open. And so that's why I say the futures market is really a great indicator for you to be able to see, you know, what's happening. Right. right. Um, for example, today, 
the, the S&P 500 was down, right? Which is, and we'll get into more about that and Jamil will talk about it. But this, but the ES, right? The ES futures, they were down 30 points. That's equivalent to the SPY being down $3. So anytime I'm looking at the futures market, it's able to kind of just give me a guide to see, OK, how were traders actually, you know, what levels were tested overnight? Right. Because those levels may be tested when the market gets open again. Right. So just to give you another example of how I would use the futures. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I see that the futures market, like I said, if the ES is down 30 points, that's equivalent to three dollars. Right. But let's say let's say by the opening bell the ES is only down 20 points. That would be equivalent to $2 on the SPY. Now, if I see that the ES then goes down 30 points again and breaks below that overnight low, right? Or if, if the market mm -hmm. broke above an overnight high, that can give you a kind of, that can give a trader edge to be able to see where price is going. So if I see that price broke below an overnight low, I can, I, I can have belief that price is going to continue to move to the downside or if it broke below, I mean, broke above an overnight high, that gives me an idea that there was enough buyers to take that thing higher than that overnight high. So that just kind of gives people different examples of why I would use the futures market, even in the regular, like Jamil said, that six and a half hour regular okay. stock market to be traded. So, yeah. All right. Thank you for that. That was the, that was the, thank you. That what you're saying, man, that goes straight into the, um, you know, the question regarding pricing, man. You know, like he's just, he just gave a, a, a great, great um, articulation of how one, how a trader can take advantage in the equities market using the futures. Because if you have a, a six and a half hour market and he's talking particularly maybe the spy or even the, the Dow Jones and price is trading, it's open, the, the market is six and a half and price is trading into what is a gap. You know, on the chart, on the equities chart, it looks like a gap. But on a futures chart, a 24 hour market or 23 hour market, there might be a key area to where there's willing buyers there. Mm -hmm. So price, so when you're looking at a stock chart, price is stopping in the middle of a gap. But in the futures chart, on a futures chart, there is a desired willing buyers there where they're willing to buy that and price will start to go up. So yeah, it's, it's a great You want to be able to show your screen? So I, cause, cause I know what you just said is like a really good illustration. Sure. Um, can I, can I, can I do that? I'm yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. If you, uh, you see a button named present, um, yeah. you see, second, see that see. in the middle, kind of like similar to that share on zoom when we be on zoom. You yeah. See but the bottom left. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Let me turn on my end of the day data here. All right, so so we'll let them get we'll let them get set up, but nah, right. definitely um, um, we'll present. Got it. All right, yeah. and then oh yeah, this is dope. Look at this live sharing on. Yeah. This is dope. We'll let him because he just I know he's saying a couple of things that probably. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right about that. You're right about that. Yeah. Even what I said, even what I said needs an illustration too. I think so. So. Right, entire well, screen, boom. Yeah, so Jamil, while you're getting all of that set up, are there any other yep. factors that that, are, that affect the uh, pricing for futures? Yeah, so I try to keep it simple for um, you know, my you know, uh, my mentees and uh, you know, students. You know, the main thing that affects pricing is you know, willing buyers and sellers. You know, that's that's the main thing. You know, uh, where where the willing buyers are and where the willing sellers are. And, you know, then, you know, there are, you know, news events that, you know, non-farm payroll, uh, unemployment, um, obviously Fed funds. There's there's news events that obviously affect price 
So there, you know, you have, but at the end of the day, price is going to stop and start where there's willing buyers and sellers in the market. And, um, you know, the other thing, the other thing that affects pricing is emotions, like, you know, fear and grief, you know, those, mm-hmm. that's happening. I don't know if it's allowing me to share. It's not. I went to window and mm-hmm. entire screen. It's not giving me the blue button. Do you have to give me permission? It's not good. It's not, the, um, the blue button for sh- the, um, the share is not, it's not, uh, lit up. Hold on one second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, hold on one second, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, Jamil, I have a ton of questions that I'll ask you, okay? Oh, like, you know, all this set up, okay? So we can move this train moving along, uh, Lawrence. So, all right. So, another question I have is so, what, um, like I would say, so how do future contracts impact the overall economy? Futures contracts, how they impact the over, overall economy. So, the overall co- economy and the market, um, I would say futures contracts, the biggest the biggest um, effect is like the third week of the um, of the last the last the third week of the last month of the quarter. So you have, um, you know, all contracts have to roll over. So primarily I trade the equity uh, indices. And um, so that's the that's the um, the futures of the S&P 500, the the futures of the Dow, the futures of the Nasdaq. And those contracts expire quarterly and they expire the third Friday of the third week, the third week of the um, the third month of the quarter. Right. So that week is also that week is also the most um, the most trade on uh with the option chain with options that's that's the most traded option that friday so you have weekly options expiring okay. and you have those um those monthly options that's expiring that third friday of the month so when you have that much uh money moving because mm-hmm. contracts the the contracts roll over uh with the equity with the equity futures their cash settle so yeah. after after that third week of the month like the, they'll they'll cash settle. The contract doesn't move anymore. So when you have that much money and that many contracts expiring, that that's is gonna co- that's gonna cause a lot of volatility that's in the market. The global the global globally right. global market right. absolutely. All those expirations happening at one time. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you uh, when you had present? Was it a? You said it's not allowed. When you hit present, did you hit share screen? Correct. So I, I'll go to present right here, and then mm-hmm. I go to share screen at the bottom. Slides, mm-hmm. video file, share screen, and then I go to uh, share screen, mm-hmm. and then um, it says at the top entire screen, uh, mm-hmm. window, and Microsoft Edge tab, and it's not it's not sh- um, highlighted blue where it says share and cancel. It's not. I can't click I'll on click, it. Uh, click on your screen first, like where it says entire screen. Click click on that box that's showing your screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I clicked on it. Mm-hmm. The box and that did the blue light up? It didn't. It didn't and then I tried up. window and then I tried window. It didn't light up. And mm-hmm. I'm also trying Microsoft tab and it's not lit up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure why it's doing that. For me, it was allowing me. Um, and then and then I, I did also click. Um, I clicked the box for share or system audio. It's not allowing me to. Okay. Well, then do you think you can share it, Lawrence, maybe from your end? I don't have the Ninja Trader. Oh, gotcha. You know? Never mind. I didn't ask that question. Um, that. Let me see. But I can pull up. But I can pull up. I can pull up the futures um, on my okay. trading. If you want. If you want. Sure. Sure. Up. Sure. It's yeah. yeah sure. Just pull up trading view. I won't be able to pull up Ninja Trader though. But I can pull up the trading view. Okay. There's not. You is there something that you could give me? Is you giving me permission? Right. You just gotta give. Me, is it like Zoom? You could just give me permission to share my. Nah, I don't think so. No, nah, this isn't like that one. Okay. No, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Oh. 
So I was looking. All right, cool. So I'll come to the future. And let me see, while you're doing that, while you're doing that, I'm gonna look to see. Um, you know, just pull it up so I could go to a day that um we could we could we could discuss it. Uh, you should be able to see my screen now, right? Everybody yeah. can see. We can see it. Yep. So Jamil, I got the I pulled up the ES for you, the ES Mini. Uh, okay. Futures. Um, I guess just let me know where you want to go to. Yeah, I'm gonna look right now. Hold on one second. I'm looking at that Mars six, Mars six, Mars six. Boom, boom, Mars six. I'm gonna do something real quick right here. Yeah, I just want to go to this for time purposes. Mars six. Okay. What time frame you want me on? All right. So, hold on. It went there as high as right there. Mars six. So Mar that's March 6th. That's the boom. And we're going right into this area right here. So we go into March 6th. Let's go to March 6th. Okay, I'm on March 6th. I got March 6th. Perfect. On on the spot. No, go to March 6th on the spy. On the daily first, right? Yeah. On the, on the yep. daily first. March mm -hmm. Perfect. So we can see. This is the first example I saw right here. Boop, boop, boop. All right, here you go. I'm on March 6th. That's March. That's March 6th, right? Okay, yep. so. Yep. Hold on, you're on the futures. Yeah, the I'm spy. on you no, go to the, Yeah, go to the spy. All right, I right. Be able to see it. Yep. Go to the I spy. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So that right there, that March 6th, that's a gap right there to the left, right? So you see how. Uh, so if you. So March 6th, you have the March 6th trading right there, right? But that's a that's a red candle because price uh, rallied up. You could see as as high as price went, right? Price went as high as let me see. I'm looking at your screen. Six. Looking at my screen. 406. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. So but now that's a gap though, right? Price went as high as 406, but that to the left to the left of that uh, candle is a gap. Right, correct. Price went as high as no. It says four, four hundred six, four hundred seven. Okay, but there's a gap right over there to the left. Now, if you go to the ES futures chart to whether it be a ten minute or a, a, a fifteen minute time frame, you are going to see the price pattern that pushed price down uh, at that at that gap. You said what day? You said March 11th, right? Mar so March 6th was I mean, March 6th. March 6th. Yeah, March 6th. March 6th was the um when price rallied up, but the level that that it happened that that was from that was from from February, February 19th. Okay. Yeah. So February 19th. Correct. So that little so you see how price what price rallied up Early, or what was that? Early in the morning, right? That how price right that was like 10 o'clock, 10, 10 o'clock, uh, 10 30. No, it's like around maybe like around 11 30, right? Where price route where price rallied up on the sixth. Oh, on the sixth. Okay, I thought you said we go back. Yeah, on the sixth. Let's go. So, yes, if we're looking at the sixth, um, it's about 10, looks like about 10 30. This okay. rally, from 10, so right, so prices, so price is just consolidating. So price is just consolidating and, and trading sideways, trading sideways, trading sideways. But that that level, there's nothing to the left on the spot. 
right? There's there's nothing. There's not. We already saw it. It's a gap. It's a gap yeah. on the spy, right? Correct. But to the left, but to the left on the February nineteenth, there's a level. There's a level right there to be short, right there. That's one of my one of the pins to the market that I that I really that I really like. It's you know a, a drop based drop right there. Um, what at four oh. Wow. That that high that high was on a, on a Sunday. This look a Sunday into Monday on the nineteenth. Correct. So that's hot. This is like four oh nine, pretty much. Um, yes. Yeah. Four four oh eight point four oh eight nine point seventy five. Basically four oh nine on the on the e mini. Exactly. So you see the what? So what was that? The uh, it was actually the sixteenth. So you have that drop base drop, a retest of it. So here, here it is, right here. So you see, go a little. What what time frame you're on? You're on a fifteen minute time frame. All right, cool. On the sixteenth, right? On the sixteenth, correct. Oh, yep. Okay. So you see that little that go a little bit more over to your left, right there. Right here. You talking about here at three p.m.? No, right there. Hold on. Let me get it at 3 p.m. on the 16th. On the 16th, exactly, right there. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up on my. So go at, go exactly at 1900. We'll go over the whole price action. 1900, 1900 on the 16th. So All right, seven. Go. Yeah. So the 16th. Oh, 1900. Hold on, my bad. 1900 on the 16th. Correct. Seven o'clock on the 16th. There you go. There you go. All right. So that price action right there. And then you see you see how those how those wicks, how those wicks come back back there and then it just sells off right there. When price comes back to that area, you know, that that is a supply zone. There's more sellers than buyers there at that at that area. So that's this is the futures market. And there's nothing there's nothing there on the spy. But that level exists there on the futures market. So this is how you could use the futures market to correlate it with the equities market. That yeah. that price pattern, that price pattern, and that price action. Just that drop. That's that extreme drop away in mm -hmm. the overnight. There is no there is no willing buyers there pushing this market up. Price drops. Price drops down. Price drops down. When price comes back there on March sixth, it it trades sideways for what 30 like an hour and then it, it mm -hmm. drops away even if we're looking at i just i just slid over to uh current present time now here on april 10th even if you look at it from this standpoint right um you know you're looking here at at on the spot on the um not spot of e-mini right here um you know on the 15 i'm on the 15 minute time frame on that uh, s p 500 e-mini and you're taking a look if you look the past couple of sessions, if you look on Wednesday, April 5th, uh, Thursday, uh, April 6th, and then if you look today here, Monday um, at 10 a.m. here, right right around 10 a.m., 10, 15, um, and I was actually, I was actually, uh, you know, speaking earlier on this today. If you look, you know, pricing, that's, this is equivalent for the E-mini futures. Uh, the SPY was sitting kind of right at 406. Mm -hmm. um and then if you take a look as well at the qqq it was sitting right at 313 and it literally just you know it came right out of this demand zone so there was a bunch of demand that was sitting right here at this level 
And uh, what people, what what I was telling people, was talking to people about, was like, hey, you know, in the futures market, a lot of times you can see, you know, where where not only you know there's just buyers and sellers, but also, you know, what was that previous week's low? That was one mm-hmm. thing that I talked about, right? Like if you take a look at this, this was pretty much last week's low where we were at today. So either one or mm-hmm. two things was going to happen. Either we were going to break below last week's low and continue to pull down and drop more. Or we were going to see a rally and buyers were going to step back in. And that's kind of exactly what you saw here. That's exactly tonight. what happened. Yeah. Exactly. If so. you could, to make this for the, for the audience, man, put a, um, that April, that, um, I'm sorry, March 6th, put a horizontal line so that they could look over to the left in the futures market. If you could, He's March 6th, March 6, that high, put a mm-hmm. horizontal line on March 6th and then just go over to the left. So the high right there. Where, right. Where, Mhm. Mhm. Exactly. And now just go over to the left right there and that that's the price action that we're talking about right there at 1700 that little drop base drop price pulls back there exactly. Yes. Yes, yes. Right there that price action right there. Correct. And then just price and just price selling off and once price gets back there uh, on March 6th it just drops away. It, it trades sideways and then drops away. But again, if you're using this to correlate it with the equities market, the SPY, there, this is what this is for. You have that level. You see this drop in price that happened in February. You see price you know, rallying up. It's a, it's a gap on the SPY. Um, and you could, that, that's, that's how you correlate the markets. Mm-hmm. Because also too that that level that level is in the overnight that level is overnight and that that um that the origin of that move is in the overnight when the U.S. market mm-hmm. uh, is closed. Okay, all right. So I have a quick question for you and Lauren. So can y'all discuss any trends that you're seeing in the futures market and how this may impact investors for the future? That's a great question. That's a great um, question. That's a yeah. great question. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll start off with it. Um, I guess I would say one of the one of the trends that I, I guess I, if just keeping I, I guess more on a, on a recent basis, uh, you know, what kind of some of the things that we've seen for one, you know, there's been extreme, you know, what we what we will highlight, you know, not just in the futures market, but kind of I think all around is just like extreme low volume. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do like even like, for example, when you're talking about the futures market, you mm-hmm. know, if you pretty much take a look at we'll just say since the beginning of of April, if you really think about it, if you're just looking at a chart, just even from a naked eye perspective. Right. The market hasn't really, really went anywhere so far this month or mm-hmm. over the past two, three weeks. Right. We've kind of been in the same um, the same area, the same the same levels trading in the same levels, unlike pretty much the end of March. You know, the market kind of really went on a rally. So I guess I would say most recently, you know, the market has definitely been more choppy, um, you know, and even just this year. Right. Um, if we even even to go outside the 15, 15 minute time frame, if we just even go to the daily where every candle is going to be a day, you know, if you're taking a look at things, you know, even even it will not even just say this year. If you think about it since last May, what really has not just the futures market, but just the overall markets really done. You look at this, this is really what I would call a a ping pong table, playing back and forth in between levels. 
So, right, there's been certain stocks that have broken out, right? And for example, names like a NVIDIA, which is, you know, up, you know, you know, all the way from 110, you know, rally back and, you know, ran back. I think today it closed at like 275, right? Um, even a name like Tesla is way off a 52-week low. So even while there's been certain stocks that, you know, have either went up 100% or 70 or 80% from their lows, you know, the major part, like the actual indices have actually just kind of sat and still traded sideways. Um, so looking at that, I think one of the number one trends is, um, you know, market kind of has definitely just kind of been taking it. It's had its turns, right, where, you know, you'll see that you saw this nice run in January to kind of start off the year. Then you saw a little bit of downside and then you see seeing a nice run running into earnings season here. So, you know, that's some of the trends that I've personally seen, you know, just from looking at the markets from mm -hmm. a perspective and the futures market. Then you ask the question is just as far as impact. Um, you know, I think as well, you know, the impact, I just think that right now, you know, the market be trading sideways and then also a lot of tickers trading sideways. I think the impact that it does, I think right now investors are having a lot of time. I think we're having a lot of time extended to be able to actually get invested in the companies that we want to be invested in, to be honest. Um, you know, I know there's a lot like just a lot of different companies that are just trading sideways, right? Whether it be PANW, -A Palo Alto Network or Snowflake, right? Um, or, you know, you just you're just seeing a lot of companies and tickers, even even, even um, some of the companies, even like a Tesla. I mean, this came up. Um, you know, but it's, but it's, you know, still, in my opinion, it's still kind of trading within the same levels within the past, you know, six to 12 months It's still in the same zone. So, you know, I think overall the trends that I'm just seeing from the market is, is that the market is really just, you know, it's waiting for, I won't say a overhang, like there's a bunch, but I just think the market is, is really waiting, um, to take back off. Right. Right now, I think it's just in a, in a charge up phase where, you know, there's some things that are being figured out, uh, mm -hmm. what, so you're kind of seeing you're kind of seeing the inflation inflation you're kind of seeing those narratives kind of die down and i always tell people that you know narratives never last forever the market always kind of picks up a different narrative right uh, if you notice last month it was what the banks right you don't even hear anything much about the bank whatever you don't really hear anything much about that anymore you know so i just look at it that way you know when it comes to like trends and stuff like that but th those would be some things that i would just point out you know so far and i'll, I'll let jamil take back over gotcha. so in terms of in, in terms of trends like um you know if you could if you could because i'm gonna I'm I'm show something on your on your chart for for this for this uh you pull that back up if you could um real quick i just want to show something on your es futures um for the daily um i think right now it's just like you know in terms of day trading um this is really like the the arena for day trading like identifying key areas for intraday to you know be you know long and short in the in the uh in the market because like there aren't any continued moves there's, there's just no uh, yeah. like there's no there's no trending moves like i was i was swing trading the futures market in like 2020 2021 Mm -hmm. And there just isn't any continued moves. And I will say this. I would think that, you know, talking to um, other traders and um, my mentors and things of that nature, since the um, the uh, introduction of the micros, since the introduction to the micros, the micros came into existence in uh, like March, March, April of 2020. And uh, the micros, micro contracts, um, they were they existed for the commodities, mm -hmm. but you know, for the equity indices, um, you know, 
it's like it's an, it's another hedging tool. It's another it's another. Yes, you could use it to speculate on the market, but you could use it also to you know hedge positions. And I think the, you know obviously with a, a new product, um, you know, micros coming in, you know that is bringing potentially more buyers and sellers, more retail buyers and sellers into the market. And, you know, this is, you know, things that come into the market, new products that come into the market. It's not for the public. It's not for the public and retail traders to make money. You know what I mean? It's to actually, you know, the quite the opposite to take their money. So you have a lower barrier of entry and more volatility. So, you know, you're seeing price like go down to the extremes, like go down to the previous day low and, you know, first rally in the in the, in the, in the first 30 minutes of the session, then go down to the, the previous day low, then rally up. You know, it's a lot of volatility. It's a lot of swings in the market, but there's no continued moves. It's just mm-hmm. it's just at the extremes. It's perfect for. Uh, Lawrence's strategy of selling mm-hmm. out of money, co- selling cover calls and staying yeah. out of the money, just staying out of the way. But if you understand, you know, you know, extremes, you understand, you know, price recognition, there's opportunities from a day trading perspective. But like right now to answer your question in terms of mm-hmm. the, trend, the trends, it's just incre- volatility and just staying at the extremes um, for, for low risk, um, high reward opportunities, but like yeah. being, okay. being, being in the middle, you, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get chopped up. You're going to get hurt. Oh, okay. 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 So I'm really excited that you both shared and really elaborated on that because I've never traded in futures. So this is all lessons to me. So we all appreciate it. Okay. Now yeah. the question that I, I'm also now curious to find out is I just wonder like, how do you all see it, it evolving in the next five to 10 years? Like features because this is just very interesting. I'm just really intrigued by this whole thing. That's all. So yeah. I think yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I, think, I think that um I personally I think that you know futures okay. First from first of all, from a standpoint of this, I think futures is just gonna be growing because gotcha. um from a from a day trading perspective, from a day trading and from um and from a, a swing perspective, like the the barrier of entry, it's a lot less money to 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 trade futures. And again, like I talked about, it's uh, you get you get the tax, you get the tax benefits of it. Um, there, it's it's I'm not gonna, it's not the market I trade. Obviously, it's the most liquid market. It's the S and P 500. However, mm-hmm. you know, you do have the the Nasdaq and the and the Dow Jones, which provides you know daily the, the swings. It provides the opportunity, you know, because in order to make money in the market, whether you're short or long, you need move. Your price has to move. And in the and in the futures market, that's what it gives you. It gives you price movement, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I think that um, from a standpoint of you know you could trade Bitcoin futures now. I think that it's gonna you know for you for, to answer your question for the next five to ten years. I think that the market is just gonna grow because one the lower barrier of entry. Um, I just mentioned that they uh, introduced two years ago. A, the micros, which is a, a tenth of an e-mini, which is another lower barrier entry. And you have all these um, proprietary um, firms that are coming up that are giving people the opportunity to prove themselves through an evaluation period, a combine period to trade the futures market so that they can earn a funded account. I've seen that like in, in this space right now, it, there was maybe like one or two companies like top step trader where you can go through a two step combine where you can prove to be profitable mm. and they would fund you an account 
So you show. So basically, it will work like this: you pay two hundred dollars a month to show that you can make six thousand dollars two mm-hmm. times, which is a total of twelve thousand. A total of twelve thousand dollars, and then they would fund you a fifty thousand dollar account. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like so many companies like this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it's growing, it's growing immensely. So to your question, that's a great question. I just think that, and it's futures. It's a lot. It's mostly futures because it's for day trading, day that's trading. Day that's trading. Awesome. They, that's they do, they do have some stock. They do some, have some stock, mm-hmm. but one, the most mainly of the futures, mainly, mainly futures. And most yeah. of the proprietary firms that I know here in New York, like physical ones is, yeah. um, where you have to put up, like for instance, you have to put up fifteen thousand, and they'll, you know, put up fifty thousand, so you could have that margin, so you could have that extra buying power. Um, but th- this is totally different because of the because of the uh, ability of the futures. Yeah. So I think that it's gonna in the next five to ten years, it's only gonna grow. It's only gonna get bigger. Like I said, they, okay. you, you could trade um, crypto crypto futures now. Yep. Yeah, I think I think for me the answer would be kind of similar to Jamil's. Just like I, I see this this space expanding just because of things like even he he mentioned crypto, but I think there will be more things that are added to the futures market that end up being traded. Um, and I just think that the way that the world is moving to, um, it's kind of just like if you think about it, like um, how do I, how would I say this? Like cor- like corn and corn and wheat futures, mm-hmm. like even things like that, like com- certain commodities, commodities mm-hmm. like. The futures, I think the future, like the futures market, and then Jamil could probably explain a lot more the origins um, as well too. But if you just take a look, if we even just think about what was the first, what were some of the first things that were actually traded, right? When we when we go back to even you know you know even that conversation, you know a lot of people don't understand this, but black people were actually the first people that was actually ever traded on, on markets, right? When we think about that, mm-hmm. right? And then when you think about the the futures market, when you're thinking about crops you know, minerals, things like that being traded, you know, on the futures market. But now you're then talking about, you know, then you also then you're also thinking about now, you know, adding things like crypto and then adding other things being, you know, traded on the futures market. I just I just see it growing. Um, so I think definitely, um, you know, it's a growing space. And then the the, the access. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if you think about the access has changed even to a brokerage account over the past five to 10 years. Right. When yeah. you think about Right now, you know, you can get a brokerage account pretty much with little to no fees. That wasn't the case even 10 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, Jamil mentioned things like Scott trades and just different things like that. You know, saying <laughs> like everywhere, everywhere was charging 14.95, you know, a commission. So I, I just think there's, there's a, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of room for, you know, the space to really grow. So I, I think there's and I think the interest is growing, too. If you think about it as well, too, I think the interest is growing, mm-hmm. too. Time interest grows, I think uh, accessibility grows as well too. And um, yeah, absolutely. So now, Jamil. So I mean, I think I have a few more questions for you. I know this was like kind of like you know this understanding the futures market with you. Um, asymmetry. Could you break that down for us? Asymmetry. Yes. Um, so first of all, to know asymmetry is good. You know, we have to know what symmetry is. Symmetry is is parallel. You know, one to one. And I think whenever you are trading um, or investing in anything, investing in anything, when it comes to risk, you should try to be at, you should try to be asymmetric at a minimum of three to one. 
you want to be able to risk, you know, be in a position where you could risk $1 to make $3 because that allows you to, you know, I don't, no one knows what, there's no black box to the market. And no one knows like if you, whether you're investing in real estate, whether you're going to flip a car, you know, no, no one really knows the future, like a hundred percent. We don't know what's going to happen. So what we are in control of is how much we're willing to expose, how much we're, how much we're willing to risk, how much money, how much we're willing to put up. And whether that's a dollar or a hundred dollars, you want to be able to risk one dollar to make three dollars because that would mean that you could you could be thirty percent right on your investments or trades and still be profitable. So you you could be wrong seven out of ten times and mm-hmm. still be profitable because if I'm right three times, uh, risking a dollar to make three, if I'm right three times, that's nine. Yeah. If I'm if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong seven times, that's I'm down seven. Yeah. So that's that's asymmetry. The being able to not be right and still be profitable, still be net profitable, minus yeah. you know, plus or minus commissions and everything. And um, you know, I, I got put on to that by one by one of my mentors who actually uh worked for Paul Tudor Jones. You know, he was you know, minimum, you know, five to one, risk risking one dollar to make five, where you know you could be twenty percent right and and still be profitable. So that's where I, you know, through my evolution of trading. Nah, definitely, bro. Evolution of trading where you where you would like to be, and and even from a standpoint of you trading uh, on a bigger bigger time frames, you know, like, um, you know, daily and weekly, you could still you could still do that. Yeah. So what? Um. So I guess I would probably say I'll turn it over to you. You got any more questions? Um, yeah, well, I was just curious to so listen, Jamil, you mentioned something about tax write-offs earlier, and mm-hmm. I need you to elaborate a little bit more on that if you can. So All right. man, let me, let me, let me, I, you know what, let me get the, man, let me get the form. You know what, you, you might want to, you might, you might want to share this form. You know what, let me, let's get this, let's get the form. Let's do so, it. Let's yeah, do yeah it. let's do, let's do the form. Let's do the All form. Right. So, and then we could go to, uh, and then while you pull it up, I can ask another question. Lawrence, I always have questions. Here it is. Okay. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're good. So let's do it. The Lawrence, this is, this is the form right here, right? So it's uh, the IRS form um, is 60. You could Google form 6781. Hold on. You said IRS form 6781. Correct. Mm -hmm. Section 1256. IRS 6481. Yeah. And it's the, it's the, it's the form. It's the, um, it's the uh, section 1256. Section twelve fifty six. Hold on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Hold on. This is this is this is the one benefit, man. Uh, this is the beauty of trading futures. Let me see. You said it was the form, right? Yep. It's form form IRS form. You could go to IR, um, IRS IRS.gov, but it's form. Yeah, it took, yeah, it took me to IRS.gov. Yep. Um, form six seven eight one. Form six seven eight one. Okay. Six seven eight one. Perfect. That's why I was wrong. Six four eight ones gains and losses. Correct. And you Correct. said sections twelve fifty six, right? Yeah, yeah, because it says twelve fifty six at the top, right? And if yeah, you mark, contracts mark to market. Yep. Yes, right. yes, 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 yes. That's it. That's yep. it. So yep. if you go down, so the beauty of trading the futures market is you have you have a tax you have a tax advantage of a sixty forty split. So to make it really simple, if you make a hundred thousand dollars trading, right? 40% is that 40 40,000 of that is going to be at a short term right here 
So this right here is strictly for futures traders, this form right here. So you see that short-term capital right there, gain? So mm -hmm. again, to make it really simple, you make 100,000 in a year, 40,000 of that is gonna be taxed at 40%, 60,000 is gonna be taxed at long-term. So that's the tax advantage of trading futures contracts because it's based on, you know, what Lawrence touched about earlier, the, you know, the history of futures contracts, where it derived from, you know, this was for farmers back in the day. This is um, what, what futures contracts was really for. It, it evolved into electronically trading, but this is like the, the commitment to buy or sell a, a futures contract you know, in the future, you know, and it was a prediction based upon how crops would grow. Exactly. Gotcha. From, derived from the, from the Dust Bowl when all the, when all the sharecroppers and the farmers, you know, lost their, their crops and they needed yep. to turn seed money. Exactly. The seed money. Yep, yep. Exactly. So this is, this is the, um, this is what you would, uh, have your accountant, uh, gotcha. you know, fill out for your, uh, taxes. Uh, so obviously with equities, you're, it's a totally different, um, tax bracket, and uh, tax percentage. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, no, that's pretty dope, y'all. And this is also a friendly reminder: please do your taxes. This is due April 18th for the United States. <laughs> sure. Starting out there Tuesday, next Tuesday. So tax day. 18th. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamil. Yeah. Nah. So. Jamel kind of to wrap up here, um, you know, really just wanted to say, first off, thank you for coming on. Definitely. I think we'll be having you on and, and, and our other couple guys on with you next time as well, too, down in, in you know, in the near future. But um, and that word future. <laughs> <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended. 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 But, but nah, I think um I think I think there's always things to learn, man. And I think um I think I think you always gotta be kind of really just an open book, man. And I think, you know, for me myself, you know, learning a lot from you. Um, you know, because I was using a few, you know, like I said, I explained, I think, very well earlier in this episode of just the strategy and how I use the futures market, but just even mm -hmm. talking to you, learning more, um, you know, just seeing different things, you know, always good to see things from a different scope. Yeah. Um, but it's futures market, I mean, like I said, it's so interesting instrumental and i think everyone should be paying attention to it you know whether they're trading it or not even if you're just a regular maybe long-term investor right Absolutely. or someone that might just be you know trading options or just you know trading shares trading equities right i think Absolutely. the futures market is i mean like i said I, I think it's a top two top two indicator Right. When it comes to trading, in my opinion, it's a top two indicator. So, yeah, absolutely. It's just and it's, it's extremely diverse. So like in my opinion, yeah. like why like why if why would I trade the spot Forex market when I could trade future when I could trade this Forex market through the futures market? You mm -hmm. know, um, if I'm if I'm trading gold, if I'm trading oil. Uh, or or a sector or a sector of you know energy an energy sector you know you can look at the you can look at the futures to for 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 an advantage for an edge you know and 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 or protection because that's really also too what it's used for like i said you could you could speculate and make money because it has a lot of um range and it has a lot of opportunities but primarily primarily you know institutions hedge fund banks companies what are they, they care about their risk they care about their bottom line so if you have a market that where you're where you're exposed and um you have you have money on the books you you got to be and something happen and the market is closed you can't get out of a position you can't yeah. get out of your options right 
you have to be, you have to be long short the futures market to be able to hedge those positions. Yep. Yes, sir. So, so just you know, it's it's a extreme, extremely diverse. Um, I think it gives you a, so it gives you a lot of tools in the belt. You feel me? Yes. And it's there, and especially even when you think about this now, especially because the stock. Let me say this: the stock market, while it's trading sideways, like when we think when we take a look back to 2020, there was a lot of stocks that were like. Pretty much most a lot of stocks across the board were moving up and down every single day, mm -hmm. right? Where even like a Roku or a Square, you know, Alibaba, these just different names, just throwing out different names. Those names were moving every single day, up or down, mm -hmm. two to five percent, bottom line. Whereas like those those names in that category in a smaller growth space, they still move, but it might happen once a week, right? Or maybe once every two weeks now, where they might have a nice little five percent day or ten percent day here and there, right? And you're not seeing those, you're not seeing a lot of big swings in, in a lot of these equities, right? You're not seeing really any, any of those type swings. So I think, like I said, just diversifying your playbook, mm -hmm. um, super important. You know, I always compare a lot of things to, to, to football or to sports, Me but, too. It's just, yeah. but, but it's like, I think that the way that the market is set up right now, and this is just my opinion, it's like, you know, you have a go-to wide receiver but the wide receiver is double covered and you just can't get him the ball right now. So you have to be willing to go to that third or fourth option and hit them to be able to kind of like be on point. I think right now, like you got like, you know, that slant was working, but now you might have to be having to pivot, right? You might have to do something else. You might have to use another instrument, right? To Jamil's point, you know, diversity, right? Having another option. You know, I think that's what, as a quarterback, you know, your job is not to just be able to hit your first or second read, but sometimes you're going to have to go to that third or fourth read. And honestly, a quarterback hitting their third or fourth read is what separates, honestly, the the, the bad, the good to the great. So that, you know, that's the reality. And those quarterbacks that, you know, you know, take the take the sack and live, live, live to fight another down. You know, sometimes you just got to take that stop out, you know, and <laughs> to live to fight, to, to put on another trade. You know, you don't you don't move the stop or do dollar cost averaging. You know, you just yeah. eat it. Yep. You know, yep. because like if you like you were talking about, if you trade in asymmetrically, it's just the, you know, sample size. It's just, you know, yeah. one, one of many trades, you know. No, true that. Well, Jamil, we really appreciate you. And I just want to ask one more question. If you can share any resources with the audience, meaning for anyone that really wants to get started this week, right? Trading futures please feel free to share with us. So go ahead. All right. So I will, I would recommend first and first and foremost, uh, start with uh, CME, cmegroup.com. So that you could see it's the world's um, Chicago, Mercant Chicago Mercantile Exchange, um, where most of the futures are traded. You know, gold is traded on the NYMEX so that you could see uh, how diverse the um the derivative market is you know the futures they are derivatives just like options they get they they derive their price from the cash market which is the uh in my case i trade the es is derives its price from the spy um and you know my website asymmetrytrading.com um you know in terms of you know trading i have a free ebook that you know anyone can awesome. you know you know, if they are trying to figure out their their journey uh, for whether scalping, intraday trading, proactive investing, uh, you know, swing trading, you know, it's a free ebook that, you know, easy read to help them get started on, um, you know, their knowledge and where they want to be within the futures market.
Yes, sir. No, I appreciate that. Appreciate thank you. Yes, sir. We want to say thank you. Me and TR say thank you to you guys tapping in here with us tonight. Um, thank you once again to Jamil. And you guys know tomorrow, man. Um, our good brother Mark Monroe. Um, he takes over on Tuesday night. So here at the Cup Up series, man, you know, we got more than obviously, you know, we've added, you know, a few shows, you know, coming in. Uh, we got our brother Christopher Bush. Uh, we got, you know, our queen Abby Joseph. Um, you know, we also got uh, Mark and Mo, you know, and we, you know, just got a lot more things coming here at the Come Up series. Um, and a lot of people put in a lot of work behind the scenes sometimes that you don't see. Uh, we got our boy Vic in the back, you know, yeah. all that stuff now. So, you know, you know, just super appreciative, man. Appreciate all the loves uh, to all the cousins. Um, some of you know, a lot of you guys sent different gifts and various things to me. So want to share that appreciation and, um, you know, say thank you to you guys. Um, some attended the wedding, so definitely want to say thank you as well. So, you know, we appreciate you guys here, man. Um, you know, we we understand, um, you know, the the information you guys are, are taking out. I think, um, you know, this YouTube channel, I mean, you know, just so much, right? Um, you know, so many different things. I mean, I mean, hell, you know, we're on pretty much every day of the week. So it's literally like, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's literally what you're able to learn on this channel. I just believe like all of this stuff, you just take it in real life and you're just able to go conquer the world. So, you know, super, super, you know, special shout out to, uh, you know, our good brother, Mark, man. I mean, he started yeah. something pretty special here and, um, you know, appreciate Tiara. You know, I think uh, you guys will be hearing a lot more from her about the job market updates in the next few weeks. And um, you guys will see Jamil again. You guys have seen me and Jamil, you know, in different cities. We've probably been to your city before and, you know, taught, done various things. So, you know, it's just a good good vibe, man, to, you know, be on here, be in a space, um, you know, where, you know, we're of appreciation, right? And, um, you know, we're here in this world, you know, only for a limited amount of time. So you got to be grateful. Every day is an opportunity to go out there and get better. And, yes, um, well, pause, 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 pause. You're thanking everyone, but we need to thank you too. So let's not even do that. Exactly, okay? man. I was going to say, man, let's thank you. Thank you right. Come on Yo, now. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, man. I haven't met him personally, but yes. man, going back to when right. I first came across him at SummerSlam and listening to him, super talented and sharp brother. Can't wait to uh, see him, you know, whether it be on the East Coast or West Coast, man. Can't wait to uh, meet him and talk to him. Um, you know, it's been great to just to see your evolution, uh, Panther, you know, and we're doing great things with this channel, man. It's, it's super awesome. Thank you for having me, you know, just to see the growth and evolution that you have with just, you know, in your personal, personally, and, you know, in your, in your profession and your craft and with this right here and your, and your collaboration and work with, uh, with Mark, man. I remember when you was telling me it was meeting up with him in New York. It's been great. And Tiara is such a, a, a pleasure and delight to meet you out in Texas. And I'm, yes. I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad, I'm super glad that you're plugged in and that you're going to be, you know, you're from Philly, you know? Uh, oh my gosh. You know, we have this like long battle. You know, you're, an Eagle, you're an Eagles, you're oh an Eagles fan. You know? a Giants fan. Here we go. Here we go. You know, Philadelphia fans are some of the, some of the rudest, <laughs> fans, the rudest fans in the country, but you know, I, I I rock with you though. I rock with you. <laughs> I would I didn't say anything rude to you this week. Okay. <laughs> just oh man. Mm -hmm. It's just like such an oxymoron, a city of brotherly love, man, when it comes to <laughs> Phil. Why is she like this? This oh, is man. the fact I don't see a Jamil, okay? Oh, man. Mm. Well, nah, man. We like I said, once again, man, super appreciative. <laughs> Everyone have a blessed night. And we'll see you guys next Monday, man. Peace out.
Thank right. you. Have a great Peace. week, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye.